Blog Talk Radio. Sunday night at 7 p.m., and that means it's time for another episode of Stunt Tracks with yours truly, Uncle Jim, and the one and only, the Leslie Hoffman. How you doing tonight, Leslie? Oh, I'm doing okay. Uh, the weather had a, a, a turn upward, so so uh, <laughs> it hasn't. It's been warmer than 26 and 28 degrees. <laughs> You know, I was up at camp over the weekend, and we actually had to put the air conditioning on, if you, if you can believe that. The AC, yeah, that, it was that warm. Right. I can believe it. I I've been turning my air conditioning on and off during the week. It, you know, the weather up here, I mean, we're having beautiful fall colors, but uh, the weather can't make up its mind which way it's going to go. <laughs> no, it's it's cold at night and you got to you got to put your heat on and then during the day it's 80 degrees and you got to put the AC on. It's really really strange. Really strange weather patterns. Yeah. Well, you say it, it's like in California. I mean, I don't is is we always have a rainy season. We always have a mudslide after the rainy season. Uh, stuff grows. Then it dries out because we don't have any rain anymore. And then we have the fires. And and it seems like every single year um, a news company will find a person to interview whether it's the mudslide, the fires, or or the rain, and they'll go, I never thought it would happen to me. Well, have you watched the the weather pattern in the Los Angeles area? <laughs> I mean, for every single year. I mean, and, and so this hot and cold weather up in Saranac Lake, I mean, it's it's – it's kind of normal. It just is a pain in the neck because you never know whether to wear a jacket. Well, or you're wearing a jacket in the morning, and by afternoon you're back in a t-shirt or something. Yeah, it's it's very it's very strange. But that's what I like about the fall weather up in this part of the country. You know. Yeah. It's um it's but it's, th- it's good we sleeping th- weather at night, and then during the day. You can go out and enjoy yourself. You got the best of both worlds. Right. Well, uh, the other interesting thing that's been happening recently um, is, uh, especially in the morning when I walk uh, Isaiah, my dog, there, there are deer roaming around uh, the building. So you go out and you suddenly look at or look across the street and there's these two deer standing in the, in the, the the 
the yard across the street or or you drive your car there's a driveway that goes up a hill and i mean you got to be careful either where whether you're coming up you know you don't really want to gas it to come up the hill because you don't know if there's going to be a deer in the way and you really don't want to go uh you know, down the hill very fast because, again, you don't know if there's going to be a deer in the road. So it's been in there. Yeah. I mean, I've had more sightings of, of deer, uh, squirrels, chipmunks, but, but like I say, the deers are, are the one, deer are the ones that, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> I was walking my dog, Emma, up at camp, and there's an old abandoned log road that I walked her on. It's about a mile and a half loop around the campground. It brings me back to the front. And we're walking, and these two deer, a mommy deer and a little Bambi deer, go running right in front of us, just hopped right across the road like they almost were flying. I said, ka-chink, ka-chink, and they were gone. And I was like, whoa. So we walk up the, the logging road a little further and my dog stops and she's staring she's not moving yeah, and I'm like what, what, what are we looking at is is Bigfoot out there What what? Are, and then about 10 feet off the logging road was the baby deer just standing in the bushes figuring if it didn't move I wouldn't see it and she's right I wouldn't have if it wasn't for my dog and then about I don't know 5 or 10 feet behind the baby deer was a mother deer and by the time I reached uh-huh. into my pocket to pull my camera out to get a picture, they both both took off into the woods and were gone. So there's lots of deer around. <laughs> yeah, but no big a, you, you, Right. You talk about uh, it's like, um, you know, I usually have my cell phone in my pocket, and the sad part is by the time that I can pull the, the phone out of my pocket if I want to try to take a picture <laughs> – they usually have walked off or run off. I mean, some of them will just walk away. Some of them will, um, you know, they're a little more skittish about human beings. But but I'd say a majority of the deer up here are just used to people. So they just graze and stand around and <laughs> I mean, do what deer do. <laughs> <laughs> but what, a couple of years ago, I mean, I, I have a Pekingese. He's like 14 pounds, and and I know I'm supposed to have him on the leash, but but I usually take him out so he can do his business at night. And one night we came out, and there was a deer across the street. Now, that, two things is that, you know, I don't want to get him hit by a car, but... <laughs> This 14-pound dog decided he was going to chase the deer. I mean, he took off, and I'm screaming, you know, I say, uh, no. <laughs> Where's your home at? <laughs> also, also, what was he going to do? What was this 14-pound dog going to do even if he caught up to the deer? And let's say the deer stood there. <laughs> he would have said, boy, that's your biggest that's the biggest dog I've ever seen. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's true. Uh, I, we we haven't had that incident recent, you know, this year. But uh, you know, the, I guess that's another thing is that when I'm taking them out, I do try to look around and make sure that uh, squirrels, chipmunks, and deer have definitely left the area before um like <laughs> it's it's the funniest sight i mean i have a bad back isaiah has a bad back um the head of will rogers has a stroller that he used to have you know when his kids were were little but his kids are are gr- way grown up now and and he let me have the stroller so when i go out in the morning in the evening I have Isaiah in this stroller, you know, I'm, I'm baby strolling this dog out the, out, out this ramp and, and, uh, and like you say, I mean, sometimes he does see a squirrel or a chipmunk 
and and I can tell that that in his mind he wants to jump out of it. So so I just tipped the stroller back that you know it, it would be an uphill jump for him to <laughs> to make. And and he and he stays in the stroller until we get down to the grass, and then he lets me pick him up and put him out. You know, put him down on the ground. Anyways, so he's <laughs> so so it's well, been, it's been interesting the last week because there's been more uh, nature sightings than. Uh, before I don't know they I just didn't see any deer in the summertime. Yeah, I think the weather I think the nice weather brings them brings them out. But anyway, yeah, well, as you say, yeah, as you said, is that uh, you know early? Well, like I say, I either see them late evening or early morning. So you're right. The temperature. It's not so very hot that uh, it's just a comfortable temperature. So you might, you're probably right. It's a comfortable temperature for them to be out in. Yeah, I think I think that's the case. So listen, guys, yeah. our phone number here is six four six 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 eight two four three three. I'll be hanging out here with Leslie until eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to call and say hello or join the conversation, please do, 646-668-2433. We're going to be talking about Batman. So uh, <laughs> have your Batman, have your Batman uh, knowledge ready and give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. But first, um, I wanted to ask, because uh, well, I don't get a chance to talk with Leslie when I do Trek talking with, my, with, with the rest of the gang. So I'd like to take a couple minutes at the beginning of this show to ask Leslie and talk to a little bit with Leslie about the, the current episode of Lower Decks. And so I wanted to ask Leslie if you had a chance to see the last episode, episode eight, where Q shows up and what you thought about it. Oh, no. Now I'm I'm getting lost. Um, let's see. What was the last one that I saw? Um. Oh no, was, I'm was, drawing a blank. It. Well, uh, let me let me yeah, play a little me, clip for you. Give me a, a plot line, and I'll tell you if that's the one I saw. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna play it for you. It, it was cold in there. I've got sensitive corneas. I told you. <laughs> I challenge you all to a duel. Pick your weapons. I pick. The mine. Get out of here, Q. No, we are done with random stuff today. We're not dealing with any of your Q bullshit. Oh, simple play, Mariner. I want to put humanity to the ultimate test. I'm not French. No, go find Picard. Oh, Picard. He's no fun. He's always quoting Shakespeare. He's always making wine. Doing work in the repair bay. <laughs> well, good Dana, are you nuts? I said, who's the all-time biggest badass? Not who's a dude nobody's heard about. Uh, everyone knows Roga Dana. No, they don't. She totally outsmarted Picard, and he has amazing hair. Well, what about Khan? Right? Khan was a genetically engineered supervillain. Dude was a space seed. Oh, oh, pause for a second. I want to talk about Khan and that thick, thick chest. But I gotta pee. Roga Dana, get the f- out of my face, guys. The ship's at red alert. Uh. Did did that jog your memory? Um, again, it's really funny. Is that when I watch it, I watch it with the caption on it, so I can hear what they're saying. When when you're playing it uh, straight straight to me, I I can't I can't keep up with the dialogue. But it did it did jog my memory. It was that. Um, Again, I still don't have characters' names memorized, but it was it was uh, the 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 head well the, the the head of the show the the girl on the lower deck. It was that her friend was taking over the place of the captain. That's the last one I've seen. And what did you think? Did you like it? Oh, I love it. it uh, like I say, I well even. 
I caught a few words in in the clip you pay, played where she's talking about Khan and Spaceseed. I mean, like I say, if you're if you're an original Trekkie or or you know the other shows, I mean, the minute you hear something about Spaceseed or Khan or you know something with Picard or uh, I don't know if it was this episode or there was an episode where she's saying you're going to end up in your own vineyard and, you know, it's like, well, that's, she's talking about the the Picard, Sereno, or, uh, you know, scenario, <laughs> you know, so it's very funny to yeah. listen to, well, or for me to, to listen and read the dialogue because, because it, I I am yeah. really enjoying the cartoons. I thought I thought the cartoons originally when they were talking about it was going to be more like I'll say the child level of cartoons back in the what what was the year seventies? When when did they make the, yeah, 70, the first animated? Seventy seventy three. Right now, that one that one was just trying to be Star Trek, but it was at a, a child's level. I mean, there was no, well, there was no jokes in that. I mean, it just was an episode. These these cartoons um, have references all over the place. And and the thing that I like about it, and I do like about it, is that it is true that it's 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 the lower deck people, it's the people that keep the ship running, are the real heroes. But but you never hear about them. You only hear about you know the uh, uh, you know the, the captain or or number one or whatever they're calling him. You know you only hear about the people on the deck. You you never hear about the lower deck, the the people that that actually have the ship running. And I think I I I love I love the idea of this cartoon. Well, so not only does it does it show you that it takes a lot more than just a captain sitting in a seat shouting orders, but then on top of it, it has so many references to to the Star Treks that have, you know, the Star Trek series. So I love it. It it it's funny. I well, and well, I don't know. So so the last one I watched was episode eight. Has episode nine come out now? Not yet. Oh, okay. So, so I'm I'm caught up. Yeah. Then, then what I saw was episode eight, and and I'm kind of I'm kind of melancholy because I think I read that they're only going to do ten uh, cartoons. Yeah, only ten. I don't know. Yep. Are they going to do another set like in a year, or or are yeah, they just going to stop working the ten? On... Nope, they're working on season two right now. Oh, good. Yeah, no. Hey, I'm enjoying, dare I say, I'm enjoying it more than some of the Star Trek movies that have been out. It is, it is, well, it's something that we talked about. I know we're, actually, we were talking about Twilight Zone when that was coming out, was, you know, you're you're stretching a half an hour story into an hour, and it just gets so boring. This, they're putting an hour show into a half an hour time, and it just, I mean, it it just hits and hits and hits. You know, you're you're laughing through the half an hour, or you're just <laughs> enjoying the whole half hour. You're sorry. Well, it's not even a half an hour. I mean, it's um, it's more like 27 minutes, I think. But, but you know, I'm enjoying every single minute of, of these cartoons. They're, they are so great. I mean, I'd recommend them. Yeah. Any, well, like I said, I guess I'd recommend them to anyone. Uh, I think... I think anyone who isn't Star Trek would enjoy it, but I think anyone that who is Star Trek would definitely enjoy watching these cartoons. 
You know what I what what really catches me about it is that the people in this cartoon, these lower deck people, kind of remind me of me and other fans. That if I was on Star Trek, those are the things I would be doing and saying and asking. If I was if I actually ended up being on Star Trek, I'd be like, Yeah, man, what about Khan? And I would all that stuff would be on my mind. And to hear hear people on Star Trek talking about Star Trek the way we talk about Star Trek is just hilariously funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, and exactly. to answer your question. Like, yeah, great. You know, well, again, the captain says get the engines started in in half an hour or something like that or, or you know, or even in the original Star Trek, they're the ones climbing up the Jeffrey tubes, and in reality, it's 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 the lower deck crews that keeps the engine or keeps the ship running. Exactly. So I, I'm enjoying the show, and Charles and Eric are also enjoying it. So so far, everybody seems to really be liking it, and. There's two more episodes. Episode nine will be on Thursday night. Thursday, or the Thursday after that, would be episode 10. That'll be the final episode of Lower Deck. And then Discovery Season 3 starts. So, you know, we're literally going to have 26 consecutive weeks with nothing but new Star Trek on every Thursday, which is awesome. Oh, that's interesting because, you know, I keep looking – as for filming in Canada or filming in Los Angeles in general, not not specifically Star Trek, just filming, and uh, and and I don't read anything about anything being well. Uh, commercials. It seems like commercials are being filmed. But but I'll tell you, it's really slow on the television shows and and slow on the movies, and and then and then all the again people don't realize that what goes into making a movie, and especially now with this COVID, I mean, you know they they want people. I I don't know how they're doing this because it does. At least as far as I know, they you can't get an answer on whether you're positive or negative, uh, I'll say, day one. Well, I, okay, I think that was a big argument at the moment is uh, who was going to pay. You know, let's say you hire somebody and they get a covert test. Now, you usually get it back in three days, but but – you sure don't want to let the person go back to the house or go back into the public because they might get infected. So, so in other words, these people are getting tested, and they're in, they're getting isolated. And then, uh, if their test comes back negative, they'll be hired. And and I thought they figured this out like half a year ago, or or at least a quarter of a year ago how it was all going to happen. Now, all of a sudden, there's a big argument of who's going to pay for the isolation of the person, you know, that's working. And it could be a crew member, it could be an actor, but who's going to pay for the isolation? And the producer's going, well, we're not going to do it. So so now they're back at the bargaining table again. And, you know, big... Well, and and it's every union for themselves. I mean, it's not uh, a combined effort. Uh, uh, the the group that's like makeup, hair, transportation, whatever. They they're usually called IATSE, and IATSE has all local, different local numbers. So I think IATSE really put the thumbscrews to the producers, and I guess they got some kind of decision or or something that they were willing to work with. Um, I think I just read just yesterday, I mean, that's that's how recent, that SAG finally came up with some kind of agreement with the producers. So, you know, there's... I don't know. They're still, they're still refining it. They're still arguing how to get a safe set. And, 
I don't know. That uh, they're just going to have to try their best. But as far again, as far as I know, there really isn't anything that's filming. So I'm uh, going back to the beginning of what you said. I'm really surprised that uh, unless they did it like a year ago, I'm really surprised that Discovery has episodes. Yeah, Discovery was finished prior to COVID. And that's what that's oh, why Lower Decks was, okay. was was put on first because of the okay. problems of finishing loop looping and and you know all the other things that get, get done after filming like you know when they got to go back and redo a scene because a tree was in the scene or you know you know what happened right right um, so they finally well, well, that's it's what all they call done second and, unit yeah so second Discovery unit season three. We'll be airing on CBS All Access in another three weeks. And and Star Trek Discovery Season 4 has just started up in Toronto at their Toronto studios. Oh, really? So, okay. See, I haven't, I haven't read that, that they, that they got the green light uh, to start filming again. Well, because if you remember... I mean, uh, well, I predicted this... I think I predicted this at the very beginning of, of, I'll call it the quarantine, is that uh, the United States is probably going to be last in opening up. I mean, definitely countries <laughs> across the sea are already filming. Uh, it sounds like Canada is filming. United States is still arguing. They don't know what they're doing. So I don't know. Well, I don't if know you, if have have you heard anything on Picard? No. See, Picard is filmed in Los Angeles now. CBS All Access before they merged back with Paramount, they built a huge studio up in Toronto and were planning on doing all of their future filming on all their shows in Toronto. But Patrick Stewart refused but, to go to Toronto, so they filmed that in L.A. So I don't know how that's going to impact Star Trek Picard, but I know Star Trek Discovery and the new Star Trek Strange New Worlds are both going to be filmed in Toronto. Yeah. So. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Have you caught that uh, 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 Patrick Stewart has a commercial out right now? Yes, which, which has me slightly Wait. confused because it's because they say Uber, but I don't know if it's is it that it's the Uber cars are delivering, you know, or picking up something and delivering it, or why why is why is that okay. bag of something called Uber? Okay, here it is. Here it is, Leslie. We talked about this on Trek Talking. Here's the commercial that you're talking about. It has Mark Hamill. And Patrick Stewart, and it's a commercial for Uber, where Uber delivery of food. You can order your food and have Uber bring it to you. And this is the commercial with Mark Hamill and Patrick Stewart talking about Uber delivery of food. It's it's really funny. Tonight, I'll be eating a veggie cheeseburger on ciabatta. No tomatoes. Tonight, I'll be eating four cheese tortellini with extra tomatoes. So it's come to this. Thank you. Bravo. Careful, Hamill. Daddy's not here to save you. Oh, I am my daddy. Wait, what? Tonight, I'll be eating roasted cauliflower tacos with spicy chipotle sauce. Thank you. Oh! I wasn't ready! You want cheese to go with that wine? Tonight, I'll be eating chicken tikka masala with garlic naan. Yes. I win again. Patrick. That's Sir Patrick. Sir. So that's that's, (laughs) it's funny. (laughs) We gotta see the commercial. But it's funny. Right. So remember what I said is that they're filming commercials in Los Angeles. But but they can't seem to get their <laughs> derrieres going on uh, television shows and movies. So obviously this commercial has been made. But well, so the answer to this whole thing with Picard and not wanting to go to Canada and all this is you got to realize he has a, a 
reoccurring character on American Dad. He just did this commercial. I mean, it isn't like if I don't go up to Canada, I'm going to starve to death or I don't have work. He has two jobs already. Yep. You know, like, exactly. like I say, he has the voiceover on American Dad. He's doing, he just did this. Uh, this is probably a national commercial. I I doubt that, it, well, since we're seeing, well, I keep, no, uh, scratch that. But I wouldn't be surprised that this isn't a national commercial or any, well, national. I mean, any city that has Uber, I'm sure this commercial is being shown. I'm sure so, that they didn't so, spend money for Mark Hamill and Patrick Stewart to not show it. So, so you know, well, I mean, Patrick doesn't have to move up to Canada to make a living. He's making a very good living just staying in Los Angeles doing voiceovers and commercials. And which, it's a funny which, commercial, too. Yeah, it is. It was. It, I couldn't believe it. You know, at first, when I first saw it, I said, "Is that Patrick?" Well, yeah, that is Patrick. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's funny. So yeah. tonight, so we're, we're meandering a little bit. So I want to. We're going to be talking about Batman, and because we're going to be talking about Batman. I have for you guys a special treat. I used to run home from school so I could get home in front of the TV at 4 o'clock to watch Batman, my favorite show as a kid. And I'll never forget the opening credits to Batman. And I have them here for you guys right now. So here are the opening credits I remember about the credits is they are animated. They're like a comic book. And you see Batman and Robin fighting the bad guys and they punch them. And then a big star comes up and goes, it says, pow! And you see a bad guy fly across the screen. And then it says, boom! And another bad guy flies across the screen. And it was all an animated carpeting sequence that we just saw. And that was right. the beginning of Batman. I loved it. I would. I never missed an episode of Batman as a kid. That was. I had to watch Batman every day after school. And well, oddly enough, two, Batman two, started. Two funny things about as a credits is that. Yeah, two funny things about the credits. Every once in a while, you would see. I think the story was written by Charles Hoffman, and that's my younger brother. Except that, except we're talking about 1960. This was a different Charles Hoffman, but 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 we always got a kick out of seeing his name on on the screen. <laughs> I didn't know you wrote <laughs> for Batman. You're, yeah, you're, you're like five years old or seven years old. I don't know how old he would have been. Well, no, no. I'll, he might have been ten years old by the time Batman 
whoop, wait a minute. Oh, never mind. Let's say he was eight years old by the time Batman was on television. And it, it was funny to see his name up on the screen. But, I, um, I mean, the most, well, again, you never know who you meet. Is that, uh, I'll call her my comrade in arms when I was on the board of directors of Screen Actors Guild. Uh, well, she went by the name Barry Howard, but she had changed her name. Um, and also her father had changed his name. Or, or, no, I take that back. No, the father did use his real name. So when you, anytime you see an episode by Howie Horowitz, that's my girlfriend's Barry's father's name. She just, you know, um, well, Howie obviously is is a nickname for Howard, so she took her father's first name and and changed her name, or her stage name was Barry Howard, but her father was Howie Horowitz, who made Batman. Uh, another was, um, I may have the wrong stunt person, but I think it was Hubie, Hubie Kern Sr., worked on Batman. Um, I don't know if they were giving him a credit as stunt coordinator or he just was, I'll say, someone who reoccurred as a stunt man on it. And Hubie Kern Jr., who now is, I mean, probably my age, uh, one of the stories he tells is that his father used to drive him to the school, to, to school in the Batmobile. How would oh, you like that? that? Cool. Have your father drive you to the – pull up to your school in the Batmobile and get out of it to to go into the school. <laughs> well, the, the, the funny thing about Batman is Batman is the only superhero who's not a superhero. He's, he started right, in, as yes. a detective in Detective Comics. Uh, well, he doesn't have any superpowers. I got to disagree with you because the spinoff was the Green Hornet, and the Green Hornet didn't have any superpowers either. But the Green Hornet, what we're going to talk about in a second, uh, the Green Hornet uh, just kind of, who is he? Uh, whereas Batman, they made the TV show in the 60s, they made the movie in the 60s, how many people have played Batman and they're still making Batman today, right now? I mean, how many people have played uh, Batman? Whoops, wait a minute. Well, I watch on the weekend, uh, H&E TV shows uh, the episodes or whatever they call it, The Adventures of Superman from 6 to 7. So you watch two episodes from 6 to 7. Then um, from seven to eight is two episodes of Batman, so which is kind of interesting because, as you're saying, in 1957 was George Reeves as Bat as Superman, and uh, and it it was played serious. It was you know it it. It maybe the story was had a funny storyline to it, but but Superman was not supposed to be funny. Well, then again, sometimes what shows too many too many things are going through my brain. In order to be a great comedian, you have to be a serious actor. You cannot – Batman was very campy, and Adam at West did not what, – what should I say? Uh, uh, no insult, but but I, this is the best way I can say it. Adam West did not play Batman as if he was Jerry Lewis. He played Batman straight out serious, 
and that's what made it so funny or that's what made or that's what made i guess the kids just really love it and as you say also when, when not even the animation but when when there would be fights in the story you know the the word pow bam you know <laughs> whatever would would come across the screen and and kids loved it back then in the 60s uh, another thing about Batman was color television, just like uh, Star Trek. Color television was coming into being. So if you had a color television set and you watch Batman, it's very colorful. I mean, maybe maybe Batman and Robin suits aren't that colorful but but definitely uh a lot of the villains had sparkly suits or 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 I swear almost every episode <laughs> there there must have been a run on on knockout gas I swear almost every episode somewhere along the way they they use the knockout gas but the reason they use the knockout gas is it'd be purple color it'd be blue color you know they could use color with this gas um, and and you know, if I remember correctly that girl wore a skin tight purple sparkly a uh, bodysuit, didn't she? Right. Um, yeah. When when they got to Batgirl, they definitely she was wearing a cat suit or what I call a cat suit. She was she's probably one of your original seven of nines on television. I mean, if you had to think about, it, I can't think of a television show before Batgirl that a woman was dressed like that. I mean, obviously none of the westerns they might be wearing corset type dresses, but 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 not a cat suit like like Batgirl had. And real quick since we're talking about Batgirl and I've brought this up several times, they decided that a woman could not uh punch a man so she used to kick a guy. If you watch Batman episodes that have Batgirl in it, the only way she fought was kicking. Because yeah, it wasn't so I, very ladylike to punch. And I believe she had bright yellow boots, too, I think. Boy, I uh, today's episode didn't have Batgirl in it, so I don't remember what color her boots were. But I do remember, I think she had a purple motorcycle. That's right. She drove a motorcycle, uh, yep. But, uh, well, just going back to the Green Hornet, you know, the Green Hornet was a spinoff of Batman, except that they made the Green Hornet just straight out serious, and and it flopped. I mean, I, I don't know... I um maybe they did one complete season. I'd have to look that up, but it it just it wasn't it just didn't have um the appeal that Batman had. I mean, it just it was it was boring. I mean, it, it yeah, he was a super well, as you say, I guess he wasn't a superhero because he he couldn't fly or jump. He, you know, he had devices and things, but but it it was it was played way too serious and and Green Hornet just failed. Well, they made a Green Hornet movie uh not too long ago and that that flopped as well. It just this just didn't do well. But but Batman Batman got relaunched in 1989. Warner Brothers made the first Batman movie with Michael Keaton in the role of Batman. And that movie was a huge, huge success. And spawned, I don't know, how many, nine Batman movies? I don't know. There's been a lot of Batman movies. Yeah, but the other thing that I got to say about, I hope I have the right movie. I think I do, is... Is with Michael Keaton, you had Jack Nicholson as the Joker, and he was absolutely fantastic. I, I yeah, would so, say that he so, stole the movie myself. 
Oh, so between Michael Keaton as Batman and Jack Nicholson, well, as much as Jack Nicholson seems to always play the villain, I mean, he just plays such a great villain, and 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 playing the Joker, he he was marvelous. I mean, he just he was. Well, like I say, you you really have to watch the movie to to appreciate. Uh, now, like I say, I'm rooting for the villain. You really have to watch the movie to see how Jack Nicholson portrayed the Joker, which was a lot different than how Cesar Romero played the Joker um, in the Batman series, because again, it was campy. The series, but I think I think Jack Nicholson played the Joker on the more on the campy side, though. Well, maybe not campy is the right word, but 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 um, crazy maybe. Whoops, insane. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he was he was driven nuts. I mean, you know, he fell into whatever that acid vat or whatever that vat did to him. Um, he went to a plastic surgeon to supposedly uh, reconstruct his face, and then and then when he looks into the mirror and he sees what this this doctor did to him, I mean, he he went insane. And that and that was, I'll say, the background of Jack Nicholson's Joker was. So he blamed Batman, you know, for fault <laughs> that he fell in the vat, and then he blamed the doctor for for just making this ridiculous uh, smile that that you know he couldn't he couldn't not smile. I mean it, and again, I I don't know the makeup artist, but but you know the makeup artist that did this for a non non movable huge smile, or or maybe there was some movement to it, but you know his his smile went from from I'll I'll say jaw to jaw. I mean. It 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 was marvelous makeup, and and I see that we're really running out of time here. So I wanna I wanna get back yeah, to because <laughs> I thought we we talked about color television. Okay, so so I want to at least do the connections because because we tend to be Star Trek. Is they made a Batman uh, movie. And the person that played uh, Catwoman in the movie is Lee Merriweather. Well, Lee Merriweather was Locera in the original Star Trek, that which we survived. She was the one that would walk up to whoever and say, I am for you, Kirk, or I am for you, Sulu. And when she touched you, all your cells would explode. I don't. Again, for someone who who <laughs> knows TOS, they would know what which episode I'm talking about. I I I don't know if you're up on on TOS or not. Um, yep, I know exactly. So, I know exactly. Okay, so yep. um, another another Catwoman is Julie Nomar. Well, she played, I think you pronounce it, Elan, in uh, Friday's Child. Actually, that was just on the, a couple nights ago. That was the pregnant woman that uh, the husband gets killed, the bad guy uh, takes over, there's a Klingon on this planet, and um, and and... And one of McCoy's fa- well, there's a couple of great McCoy lines. Is um, I'm a doctor, not an escalator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, well, at first she wasn't going to let anyone touch her because she was—I forget what what 
being the the wife of the well, I, I, this is funny because I remember the name is a Tier. That was that's what you called the head guy. So, you know, the wife of a Tier should not be touched. And uh, McCoy, like I say, she's nine months pregnant, and McCoy is trying to see, you know, when this baby is coming, and and you know he tries touching her and she slaps him and he tries touching her again and she slaps him and he and he, he he slaps her and after that she lets him touch him later so for a few moments later Kirk comes along and he says how how did you get her to allow you to touch her you know and McCoy says I used the right cross and he and Kirk says, I, I've never heard that being used as a medical term or something like that. <laughs> and McCoy <laughs> says something like, well, I'm putting that in my book from now on. <laughs> so like, that was, like that was a good episode. Now, Star Trek could be very serious, but they could have some really crazy lines like that. Um Okay, so so another person is Frank Gorshin was the Riddler in Batman. Well, he was that half black, half white uh, person in Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. You know, and that's when oh, they got yeah. back to the yep. planet, right? And the, and and you've already said. Uh, Yvonne Craig was Batgirl, and she was Marta in Whom the Gods Destroyed. And that was, um, I, I can't think of a better, I can't think of a better term. Well, I can think of a, a milder term. It was a, like a colony for the insane. And there was Garth, who decided he was going to name himself God, and Yvonne Craig was the girlfriend. And then, and then, outside is like this, you know, unbreathable type gas atmosphere, and and he puts Marta, Yvonne Craig, outside, and then, he, and then he blows him up, blows her up. So I don't know if you remember that one. And she she was an Orion an Orion slave girl as well in that episode. Whoop! Wait a minute. Waiting. Waiting. Yes. Oh, the operator. She was an Orion the slave decided girl. Decided that she can't believe you. Whatever you said, she was. I think she was green. Or is that what you were saying? Yes, she was an Orion girl. Right. Slave. Right. So, so you, that's another one. That's another crossover from uh, Batman to Star Trek. But I've saved the best for last because you always say that we. It seems like we can never do uh, an uh, uh, you know a podcast without mentioning Planet of the Apes. Roddy McDowell played the villain, the Bookworm, in Batman. And now we all know who Rowdy McDowell is. He's Cornelius, yeah. the Planet of the Apes. And then later he came back yep. and he played Caesar. But uh That's right. Yep, even Roddy McDowell, Planet of the Apes, makes the list for Bat the Bat our Batman podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And how long how long did Batman run on television in the sixties? Uh I should probably look that up, huh? I know it was on for a while. Actually I I'm quite surprised. Uh I think both Star Trek and Batman maybe Batman ran a full three seasons while Star Trek only ran two and a half seasons. But I'm I'm really surprised that uh, both of them had such a limited run. I mean, nowadays, uh, other than the Enterprise didn't make it, you know, the – well, then again, back then, they never even thought of syndication because they never thought something was going to repeat again or be – 
sold as a package to, well, cable didn't exist. I mean, you had three stations or five stations. That was it. So the idea of, of selling a, a packaging a series and selling it to cable or selling it to some other uh, group, I mean, you had ABC, NBC, CBS, and where I live, you had a couple of Canadian stations. Um, I mean, it just never was thought of. It wasn't until cable came along or now with streaming, um, no one ever thought of packaging these shows to, to, uh, to you know, like I like say, I watch Superman every week on the weekends. But, and and I, I just looked really it up, know. Leslie, and uh, Star Trek and Batman both have the same, well, Star Trek actually has 80 episodes because of the cage, but they both come in at 79 episodes. So they both ran exactly the same amount of time, except Star Trek has the one extra episode that was never aired in the cage. Right. Right. That's which Futurama always makes fun of. Well, I'm sure there's some other shows that have made fun of it, is that, um, you know, there'll always be an argument between uh, different Star Trek people that whether there are 79 or there are 80 shows, or or I or I forget what numbers that they talk about because they consider the cage and the menagerie sort of the same, but in a way that well they really aren't. I mean, uh, the cage is is the first pilot that didn't make it with Jeffrey Hunter as the lead, and the menagerie is truly part of the Star Trek series with. Um, now all of a sudden you have Kirk, you know, as the lead, but they're telling the story of what happened to Christopher Pike. Exactly. And I I remember way, way, way back in the day when The Cage was released on Laser Video, the full episode in complete colorization. And I, I had to go out and buy it because I had never seen the full episode of The Cage. And I, I bought the Laserdisc way back, way back in the day. <laughs> That's well, how old I am. interesting. Yeah, for, for me, I got to see the full episode. Again, it's interesting where you are and how you accidentally get to see something was my older brother was at Caltech. And I mean, the, you know, those those are a bunch of brainiacs at Caltech, and they love Star Trek. And I remember going to Caltech with my brother, and they aired the episode or the pilot, The Cage. So I got to see The Cage on a big screen. Wow! I only got to see yeah. it on my television. <laughs> Well, nowadays, but television sets are almost getting big enough to be a big screen. <laughs> that's true. Leslie, oh, my God, take a look at your yeah, clock. Yeah, time is up. <laughs> oh, boy. So, um, yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but it'll be something. <laughs> I want to let you guys know to head on over to the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page. And say hello to Leslie, and if you have an idea for a show, drop it there, and uh, we'd love to talk about whatever you want to hear us talk about. So please do that, the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page. So check that out. I want to say thank you to Leslie for hanging out with us and sharing some memories and talking with us. Thank you very much, Leslie. Oh, I say, uh, well, uh, I enjoy talking about this. It it brings up good memories. And that's what it's all about. Good memories yeah. and having fun. And I want to say thank you to each and every one of you guys listening around the globe. I know you guys are everywhere. We couldn't do the show without you guys, so thank you very much for listening. And I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim. It's been a great time talking with everybody. I want to say be good to each other and stay safe. Good night, everybody.
Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.